welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of Game Rivals. I am one of your hosts, Max Millionaxis, and as always, with me is the great, the magnificent, the unstoppable, the judgment-seeking, Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm uh, good, besides all those things you just mentioned that I don't feel suit me. I was expecting a Returnal reference, but hey, that's okay. Uh, I should have done. I should have gone with the Returnal reference. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you can you could probably guess what's already on my mind, um, because like literally as we were getting ready to record this episode, there was a big announcement. Uh, we also have a lot of news to go through, but uh, if you're feeling up to it, we can uh, jump right into things. Yeah, so I think the first one you want to talk about is the. The Last Judgment that got announced, which is the sequel to uh, Judgment, which is a game developed by the people behind Yakuza. Yep. Which is... But, okay, so I, you haven't seen the full trailer I have, and the game looks, like, amazing. I think Judgment already looked amazing. It, heck, the, the, the Yakuza remasters even look amazing. I played Kiwami 1 and 2 on the PS4, and... Those are remaster or remakes from a PS2 game, and they look amazing. I think they used the same engine they used the the newer Yakuza games for. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool to see. But Judgment alone on the PS4 looks amazing, and I think the, the PS5 version came out like two weeks ago, and that one also looks really nice. So um, this looks amazing. Yeah, it's um, so it's a spinoff, of course, from the Yakuza series, which follows this um, detective who um, is doing cases on the side. The new game does take place in a different location than the first. So this, this the new game takes place in Yokohama, and wow, does it look pretty. Like it the looks One thing that put me off, really I just nice. watched a few seconds of the trailer, is that the trailer is in English. And I, I mean, Yakuza 1 and 2, yeah. I don't know if you... I think you can eventually pick for uh, English voice cast in one of the games. But I'm used to playing those games in Japanese, and and I feel those games should be placed in, played in Japanese because that's the most authentic way to uh, experience it. Exactly. But when they start talking English in the trailer, I'm like, "Wow, what's this?" Ah! Like, is there a Japanese voice option for the trailer? Yeah, I mean, for the trailer, obviously no, because it was an English presentation that we watched. But the I don't remember if the orig- the original game Judgment had a Japanese voice track. I'm assuming it did. Um, so it had dual voice tracks because I know that Yakuza, uh, like a dragon, aka Yakuza 7, um, is, uh, it is one that has dual, uh, voice tracks. I don't like that. It should be in Japanese because that's the way it's meant to be. I mean, it's fun. Give people the option to, um, I mean, I still play Yakuza games in Japanese. Like, the original Yakuza game, when it came out, had a star-studded English dub, um, which did not save it from selling well. Uh, it wasn't until the sequel came out, and that was just the Japanese VO only, when it started to pick up steam in the West, which is kind of ironic, if you think about it. Yeah. So, so I yeah. was... A- for yeah, example, sorry. I was uh, uh, I wanted to play Ghost of Tsushima in Japanese, for example, but the voice acting is so off in Ghost of Tsushima that I don't even want to bother because it just doesn't feel and it doesn't feel and doesn't look right, which was 
shame because I think that the Japanese voice cast was a, was a pretty big thing of Ghost of Tsushima, for example. Yeah. But in Yakuza, they nailed it. All right. I mean, yeah, obviously, because the 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 fun thing is that the the cast, at least the returning cast, are always the same characters, and they are like established uh, actors and voice actors that are doing these parts. I mean, the the main character for uh, Judgment is modeled after the voice act voice actor who's an actual actor um in japanese media so it's really cool that they're able to do that um i mean they did something similar to that in yakuza like a dragon and uh yeah that did lead to some problems like a while ago right before it got released uh one of the actors in yakuza like a dragon got into some hot water because they found some cocaine on him (laughs) and uh <laughs> they had to replace the voice actor and his likeness, so the game got delayed. Was that a Yakuza like a dragon? I thought it was. Oh, a different sorry, game. no, that was in Judgment. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we talked say. about it in one of uh, an earlier episode, I think. Yeah, we talked about it back in 2018, I think. Oh wow, is it that long? Yep, Judgment came out in 2018. Wow, I thought 2019. Damn. Yeah, man. Don't forget, man. We're on season three of uh, Game Rivals. Oh, that I know. (laughs) It's just bizarre how fast time passes. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And the best thing about Lost Judgment is it's coming out this September, and it's a worldwide release. So if you haven't played Judgment yet, I would suggest finding a copy, playing it. I know I will. Um, Before the sequel hits, I did not double-check and see if it's multiplayer generational although i am kind of fearing that it's not multi-generational um i can't okay yeah it's it's multi-generational so ps4 ps5 uh and all the xboxes that are currently available no pc version has been announced yet but i would not be surprised if there is one down the road so don't worry about that um and it is confirmed that the uh uh, the English script, the, the English script is more localized to the Japanese dub, and there is a Japanese dub. So whether you're having it in English or in Japanese, you can just enjoy it. Happy days. Happy days indeed. So yeah, I mean that was just like as we were coming into that, we still have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, one of the more important things and the more haha things um, really here is that. So remember a couple of. I think it was at least a um, couple of months ago now, we talked about how uh, Gamescom were very hopefully announcing that um, they were going to have it in person, despite the fact that E3 before, or the ESA beforehand announced that E3 was going to go all digital, and there's only like about a month or six weeks in between those two events, so it's like, Really, 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 Gamescom, you you think you're going to have an audience? Well, they finally announced that, oh, yeah, well, so um, we're just going to go all digital instead as well. They were going to do a hybrid event originally, but uh, after this week, uh, they said, no, it's all digital. Yeah. The the thing with Gamescom is, like, it attracts a lot of people to the 
city of Cologne, Germany. And it is a very popular event in Europe. So it would be really weird if they did the hybrid event during a pandemic. Um, even though we're now we're fi- like vaccinations are underway, but in Europe it's still able to give you a shot at the door. Like bah, vaccinated, bah, vaccinated, bah, you're vaccinated. <laughs> oh wow. That would be so bad. I mean, it would at least get people vaccinated, but that would be so bad if they did. <laughs> or, or they, I mean, like this is an actual thing they're talking about in, for example, the Netherlands, like you could only go to the event if you're vaccinated. Yeah. That's also true, which is, the all that also kind of has its problems, but I'll leave that for um, other people to discuss. But yeah, I mean, it, it, look at it this way: at least it's digital. Um, we don't have to travel for it. Everybody can enjoy um, the announcements that are coming out of Gamescom from the safety of their homes. I'm going to be problem. honest. I'm actually happy that it's digital because, I mean, I went to Gamescom twice and. The first time I went as press and it was okay because that way mm. you could just have like a separate press day and it was a little bit more calm. The second time I went as a consumer and it was so <laughs> crazy, I never wanted to experience that anymore because you're literally waiting hours to play something and it is so busy. I mean, it's cool to experience it, but once you've experienced it, I'm okay. I mean, I know that... There's news value and yada, yada, yada. You need to be there or be square. But, I mean, just thinking about it already, it's just like my head is racing already. I'm like, oh, no, no, I can't stand it, man. And I have to wait for hours. <laughs> I have to travel there and I have to do this and to do that. And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm already burning myself out just by thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, so I honestly don't mind that it's digital. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I... Obviously, I agree with that, No, of course, but uh, I will say this, like, I've been to Gamescom a bunch of times, um, uh, also on either on, like, press slash um, invitees day and public days, and the public days are the worst, um, especially the weekends, because Gamescom is, like, four days for the public, so yep. two days during the week and then Saturday, Sunday, and the Saturday and the, especially the Sunday, man. Oh, no. Like, that is that is not a place to be there. Like, if you're going on a Sunday, make sure that there's the one game that you're going to be checking out. If it's Especially if it's something that is highly sought after. Pack a, lun- uh, a pack lunch and get ready to stand in line for hours. If pack you're lucky. dinner. I mean... <laughs> And if you're not lucky, they'll tell you the line is closed for the rest of the day because they can't do it. Um, And even, honestly, as the years went on, even on the press days, it was getting ridiculously busy. Yeah. Which is crazy because I don't know. I don't even know how that is possible outside of people using their, like, online credentials to get, like, passes. Um like to I get press passes but back yeah. in the day it wasn't really hard to get accredited i don't know how it is these days but i mean I, the first year it was being hosted i think it's in 2009 that's when i went as press i remember back then it wasn't really hard to get accredited as press i mean 
I only didn't get into the Sony press conference, for example. I didn't have an invite for the Sony press conference. And the only reason I didn't get in was because I didn't have a stupid business card with me. If I had a stupid business card with me, they would have <laughs> let me in, which was like the worst ever to happen. Uh, uh, it's the year they announced the PS3 Slim, I remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you're there. You're seeing people. Yeah. I got to see people. Heck, I got to, to meet people. Um, a friend of mine hates me to this day because I got to play Mass Effect 2 before it came out. And I also <laughs> met Casey Hudson, for example. And he was like, I hate you. I just hate you to the bone. Uh, or that I m- met somebody like Peter Moore, which is like, I, I, I'm a fan of Peter Moore. I don't know. He's just a really cool guy. At the time that the PS3 Xbox war was really heated. But I always thought that like Peter Moore did it in a cool and, and uh, respectable way. Uh, so that was always cool. And, and I mean, I even got to interview the guy. It was really cool. And then like shortly thereafter, he stuck, went to Microsoft. Oh, he went to EA and then from EA. Oh, no, he was already at EA back then. And then he went to Liverpool to become CEO there. Yeah. Which is he, like something I would never left expect. that position, by the way. Yeah, he's, he quit last year, I think. And he's moving back into games. Yeah, that's he's crazy. on the he's on the board of directors of a game company that makes mobile games, and I also think he's going to do something else. Mm. Okay, well, I mean, everybody's into mobile games these days, isn't it? Uh, unfortunately, yes. That may, might also be a segue to uh, the next thing. Quickly, is that Ubisoft announced this week that the division will be coming to mobile. Uh, later this year and that they're also working on a game called the division heartland which is a free-to-play game developed by Redstorm, who originally made rainbow six and also helped out on the division with expansions and development um as a free-to-play game that will come to consoles besides there also being a division movie which is still coming out which is done by netflix and there's also a division novel in the works so uh, they have this whole multiple front uh, media blitzkrieg for the division. Uh, yeah, the multimedia whole stint thing. Yep. I think I'm, the division would be a great movie. I mean, it lends itself really great to for a movie, but yeah, depending on what kind of cast you're getting and if the writing is good, yeah, sure. I, I think they they cast Jake Gyllenhaal to star in the movie. That was announced like a while back. Oh, okay, that's. Oh right. Oh, I do remember seeing something like. Wait, what is it? Is was it that like? Wasn't there like a similar thing where he was on the set of some other movie? I don't know if it was for the division. Um, was it Jake Gyllenhaal? I think it was Jake I, Gyllenhaal. I don't know that he was on the set of of another movie, but he had the script for something that looked like a Mass Effect thing. That's uh, Henry Cavill. All oh, right, uh, that was Henry Cavill. Right, right. right. Yep, yeah, he had the. He was shooting The Witcher 2, season 2. Or he was shooting season 2 of The Witcher. Yeah. But at the same time, he had the Mass Effect script in his hand. Or people are alleging that he's having had that script yeah. in his hand. Because um, there was a blurry shot. And with computer reconstruction, they could apparently extract a few phrases. And if they look on those phrases, there's some key words in there that might reference a Mass Effect movie. I honestly don't know if there's a Mass Effect movie in development. That also would lend itself to a great movie, but game movies are generally doomed because we talked about this, I think, two episodes ago, expectations of the fans. I mean, Mass Effect is basically video games answer to Star Trek, so I wouldn't see why it wouldn't... Actually, it would probably even lend to like a 
good miniseries. I I mean, if you look at uh, what Marvel's been doing with, uh, I, I watched. Did you watch uh, One Division? Yeah, yeah. I watched One Division. Yeah. I watched um, Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. So like, Soldier. with Falcon Excellent. and Winter Soldier, I had I liked One Division, but I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier even more because yeah. um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier really felt. Like one big long MCU movie, they really nailed that. Yeah. Whereas with WandaVision, I was like, okay, this is like a supplemental story, which I like, and the t- and I mean, I like that the episodes weren't too long, weren't too short, they weren't stretching it. But with Falcon, I really felt like this is another MCU movie I'm watching. It's just yeah. six or seven hours long, but I'm fine with that. You know, <laughs> I mean, if they did something like that, then it would be fine. Definitely. Yeah, but the same goes for, like, that's maybe the reason why we're getting a Last of Us TV show instead of a movie. I think we're getting a Last... No, because we're still getting the movie. Is there a Last of Us movie in development? I thought there was... The yeah, there was, was a, the only thing. Like, there was a... It was... There was an announcement that uh, there was a Last of Us movie in development, like, years ago. Oh, man. And apparently it's still on the table because nobody said that that was canceled. It's just that they also announced the TV show. And that kind of seems to have taken precedent over the movie. So we don't know. Like, the movie is in limbo, but it hasn't been canceled. A lot of gay movies are in limbo. I think the the Metal Gear Solid movie is also in limbo. Yep. Uh, At least we know that they actually shot the the, uh, Uncharted movie. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I don't know, man. Ah, I don't know. I think I would like to see like a, either a Mass Effect movie or a Division movie would also actually be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of games... I mean, for example, Returnal is basically Edge of Tomorrow. So, like, they could make a Returnal movie. Yeah, so I haven't seen a lot of the Returnal story, just the gameplay, so I wouldn't know. Well, like, have you seen the movie Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah, I have seen the movie Edge. So, like, basically, Returnal is Edge of Tomorrow in a game. Yeah, okay. That's so, like, so kinda... you already have a game, that, or you already have a movie there. Just slap on a different cast, and you're done. <laughs> and you know what? They should uh, ask Ridley Scott to direct it, because I think he'll be a great one to do it. Yeah. Yeah, true. Where you want to put Sigourney Weaver into the lead role? Why not? I think she could. Yeah, that's true. She is a badass. And then people will borrow, and then halfway through during development, it will be called Alien 3 or something, or Alien 6 or whatever, just like the Prometheus sequel <laughs> suddenly got renamed into Alien, what was it again? Covenant. Yeah, Covenant. Yeah, because right. first it was the Prometheus sequel, and then suddenly it became Alien Covenant, and then yeah, probably but- the Return of Moon will happen, have the same thing happen. But it, but they were pretending like, oh, Prometheus is not is not part of the Alien franchise. They were like trying to pretend, and then like, oh, surprise, it's actually part of the Alien franchise. Like, yeah, yeah, we kind of knew. I that. actually like those. <laughs> I mean, like if if Prometheus was good, Alien Covenant was good, Alien One Two was good, and then from three onwards, it started to slip a little bit. Mm, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess it's just a matter of time that... Wait, where, where, how did we get distracted to this point of talking about video We were talking movies? about the, the Division, division and the Division movie. <laughs> oh, man. Stupid mobile game. See, that's what you get when you announce a stupid mobile game. Ah! Then we start talking about way more interesting stuff outside of that. 
but I yeah, mean, those, division, those division Heartland. I think that the Division Heartland, the the free to play game, I think it, it might be like a battle royale game because Ubisoft doesn't if... have a proper battle royale game. I'll tell you, actually, wait, they the do division have a, one, they have a they have a battle royale game. Oh no, wait. Yeah, they have Hyperscape, but it's not as is popular that, no, as not, Fortnite. Is that and, battle royale? Yeah, yeah, they released it last year. It's that futuristic battle royale game made by Ubisoft, but it's ah, not okay, as popular okay, yeah. as Apex yeah. or Fortnite or Warzone. Well, I'll tell you, the Division originally had something like a battle royale game, because in the, the original the Division, they in the second expansion, they released a game mode, and I think it's called Survival. And how it works is, you're fly- It's in the winter of of in New York. You're flying in with your chopper. You crash land in New York because you're flying there to get a cure for a, a new sort of virus that's that's running around. And then you crash land in New York and then you get infected with some kind of disease. And then you don't have any gear. Um, It's freezing cold. So you have to keep yourself warm. So you have to find clothes as well. Otherwise your body temperature drops. There are like fire barrels where you can go on to heat yourself up. So there's like the the cold mechanic. Um, You don't have any weapons. So you have to pick up weapons. And then the closer you get to the, the center of the map, the more difficult it becomes and the more high gear loot you found. And then when you found the antidote, you had to extract. But when you extract it, you need to go to an extraction zone. Then the hunters appear, which are like a, a pretty, which is like a mini boss battle. And I mean, that was, and it was, you could either play it PVP or mm-hmm. PVE, but it was, okay. it's even PVP, VE. So even that's in there. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why they didn't do that for the Division Two because that was a really cool game mode. That actually sounds pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, because you, the because of the cold, you you couldn't and the storm you're in, you couldn't also see in front of you. So you like your your visibility was limited as well. Yeah, they, they really really thought that out one good. I mean, it's a great mode. I think maybe did it come out after like the player base dropped? I don't know because the division's history has always been a bit mixed about how many players it's in. Yeah. Because when the game came out, it was the best-selling next-gen IP, blah 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 blah, at the time. And then shortly, like after a couple of months, the game was in a broken state in which the developer said, "Okay, we're going to do a new update." And I think it was, was update one point four that kind of overhauled a lot of systems in the game. And made it fun and good again to play. But I think maybe in that point that a lot of people dropped off. And mm. I don't know if people came back after that point. Because they paused work on the expansions. Because they wanted to do update 1.4 exactly. uh, first. Yeah. So. Because I bought the season pass. Dumbass. <laughs> and then, I mean, I had no choice, you know. And I was like, oh, well, might as well enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, I mean, that's fair. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess we'll see if they do re- if they do bring it back in that kind of a way. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So speaking of stuff that is really cool, you know what's really cool? Discord. I know. I use it a lot. Yeah, I do too. And surprise, surprise. Actually, this is kind of a surprise because I did not expect this one. I don't think anybody expected it because people were still talking about, oh, Microsoft is trying to buy Discord for $10 billion. And then it fell through and we're like, oh, that's kind of weird. And they were talking about they want to go public in the future. And 
you know, go to to the stock market and like, uh, don't, because shareholders are not great for technology companies, especially <laughs> one that is primarily a a, a communication uh, company for nerds <laughs> and nerdy stuff. I mean, you don't see your mom on Discord um, unless she's a cool mom. Um, so, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they drop this bombshell that they've entered a partnership with so uh, with uh, Sony, or specifically PlayStation, and that um, Sony is now a my minority minority um, owner of Discord. And that yeah. Discord features will integrated Discord features will be coming to uh, play at least PlayStation Five in next, next year. year. Yeah. yeah, early next year. So look forward to that PlayStation Five owners. Something interesting besides Returnal. I think it's it's nice because, for example, I'm not a fan of crossplay. I've, I've, I've echoed this many times, but sometimes when I play Warzone. We we have a friend who he plays on PC, so he wants to join us for crossplay. Happy days. So then what we have to do is, is we have to head into game chat for Call of Duty so we can hear him. Otherwise, because he can't join our PlayStation party through his PC. Mm. So automatically when you switch to game chat, first off, the audio quality is less compared to party chat. Secondly, everybody can hear you and you can hear everybody. And I'll tell you, I don't need, I don't want to hear everybody because it's so annoying. I mean, if there's one thing that bugs me out the most, that's when you're in, and people will call me a hypocrite for this because apparently I've done it as well, but I beg to differ. When you're in a multiplayer lobby for a game and there's this guy and there's always this guy that's listening to music in the freaking background or he's blasting his songs that you really couldn't care less about over his stupid speakers and you get to hear all of that in a crappy <laughs> disjointed way and the first thing i do is just, I just mute everybody you know or it's i don't know somebody's mom that's screaming in the background or somebody's baby that's crying in the background i, I think this is only to call of duty but i know that people that play call of duty will recognize this and say like yeah i feel you because it always freaking happens. <laughs> I was playing. That's true. That's true. I was I was playing Warzone the other day, and I was I wasn't playing with any friends. I just felt like doing some some match in between. And for some reason, I had game chat enabled. I didn't know why. Maybe because I played on the P, for with the the PC guy. And there's this guy yapping in my ear, saying, "Ah, you need to buy, give me your money. Let's buy a loadout. Let's buy a loadout." Ah, he's constantly yapping. And I got fed up with it and I unmuted my mic and I said, yo, shut up. I'm trying to get to the loadout, but I'm getting shot at. Shut up, you know. I was like, oh, sorry, man. Didn't know you were going to get angry at me. I'm like, well, if you're yapping in my ear and you're being annoying and you're shouting, of course I'm going to get angry, you know. <laughs> so I'm really happy Poor with Discord kid. coming to the PlayStation because that <laughs> way at least... You know, we'll have a better way of communicating with pe people on PC if we have to. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the audio quality. I mean, I watch Formula One on Sundays with friends through Discord. The audio quality is just really good. It's like literally like as if that person is sitting next to you. Yeah. And plus it has some really cool like social features built in. So if you have like a community going there. Um, you can like level up and stuff like that. It's like stuff that I didn't even know about until recently. I so, know that as well. 
So it's, yeah, I mean, depending on which community you join and if they're using, like, the full potential of Discord. Plus, people are using Discord to, to like, live stream, so... Yeah, I mean, that's what we do with uh, when we well, somebody opens up a Formula 1 stream and then we all just watch his stream and at the same time we just talk about the race. Exactly. That's how, how, how I used to do the... Um, I don't do it anymore. I stopped doing that this year. But I used to be a co-commentator on a on a race league, uh, on a virtual race league for Assetto Corsa. And that's how we would use to do it. So the friend of mine, he would stream the game to YouTube and then he would just fire up a stream in Discord, which I would see. And then he would just put our audio on the stream. And then after the race, for example, we would do post-race interviews with the drivers in Discord. And it was like so easy and smooth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is pretty sweet. I still need to figure out some things about Discord. Um, maybe stuff that will make it more enticing for people to join our Discord chat. Links in the description of the episode. And, um, I mean, outside of that, Sony also had a state of play. Yeah, for uh, Ratchet & Clank. For Ratchet & Clank. I am going to say, I think you're going to have to take the lead on this one as well because... I kind of fell asleep halfway because I was just that tired that day. Nothing against the thing. Like, what I saw, I saw the first half of it, and that game is really pretty. That game looks amazing. That game is really pretty. Like, legit pretty. And it looks really smooth. Everything, like, the frame rate is, like, solid. Um, The whole quick loading stuff, the whole quick loading through worlds and stuff is really amazing to see. Um, if you really like, they load entire levels like in a snap and that's how they got the whole transportation thing working. And so that's really cool. Plus we got to see rivet. Yeah. The the female lombacks that you also get to play with. Um, they also announced among us coming to PS4 and, uh, Subnautica below zero and PS5. Yeah. PS4 and PS5. Um, so I think that's, also nice. I didn't expect those to pop up, but I mean, I think Ratchet and Clank speaks for itself. A lot of people are waiting for this game. Um, a lot of people, I think for a lot of people, this is the first game that justifies them owning a PS5. Um, whereas with, I already have that now with Returnal, but I'll dump, j- jump into that later. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's coming out in June, so less than a month or maybe like a month left before it comes out. And, and the funny thing is, is it's been like really quiet so far this year regarding game releases, at least for the PlayStation side. But mm-hmm. then, for example, we got Returnal now. Friday, we're getting Mass Effect. In June, we're getting Ratchet & Clank. Uh, I think there's another game coming out in July. And then in August, we're getting Kenna Bridge of Spirits. So, like, it's this slow barrage of good games coming out. And then hopefully, if we're lucky, in November, we'll get Horizon Forbidden West. Well, don't forget. Resident Evil also just came out. Segway. Resident, yeah, Resident Evil 8 came out, or Village. Not yeah. my kind of game, but um, see a lot of people getting excited for that. Step on me, mommy, is what I hear all the time. I don't understand yeah. that reference, but um, yeah. So like one of the one of the one of the villains in Resident Evil is yeah, she's or super Village. tall or something it's like a that. Super tall vampire lady who's thick and very very voluptuous. And, yeah, uh, a lot of people say she, she looks really nice for a vampire her age. Which is 
kind of, you know, the joke is, of course, she's ageless because she's a vampire. I know. <laughs> like, compared to other monsters in the game, she's probably the prettiest monster in the game. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but I'm not into that. Da, 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 da. I'm not into that kind of stuff, if that's what you were, like, about to say. No, no, no. But, like, okay. the funny thing right. is... is Whoa, that's just weird. <laughs> Why would you even bring that up? Because just... because you had this look on your face, and I was like, "Oh, that's that look that he makes every time when he's trying to make fun of me." <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, the funny thing is, is she turned into this meme, I think, and like a lot of people in the gaming community were making fun of her. Like, I watch a few people from Instagram; they also stream on Twitch, and I also watch them on Twitch. And like, they would just randomly say stuff like "Step on me, mommy," and I'm like, "What the hell is going on here?" Oh. Um, Apparently, that's linked to that meme. Yeah, and Capcom is very aware of this fact. They I think they capitalized it. on it. They capitalized on it hard because they sent... Because I, I don't know if I sent you that picture before, but there was this... I think it was a store in Singapore or something where they, they had a standee of her in front of a game store. And it was big. Like, I think it was... I think it was... It wasn't one-to-one because she's like a really tall chick. She's like over two meters. Oh damn! Yeah, so you make when... a good basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when people say "step on me," they want a big giant woman to step on them kindly. Weird people fish. are weird. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's ranking really good on Metacritic. It has a Metacritic score of eighty-four. So yeah, the only thing that I understood from the reviews is that it's more of an action game, whereas Resident Evil Seven was more of a horror game. So that's the only issue people have with it because uh, 7 was really spooky and this is more like a oh, shooter. Yeah, so with Village, they they look to inspiration from Resident Evil 4, which yeah. you can take in a good or a bad way. Cause a lot of, because remember, when Resident Evil 4 came out, um, despite the fact that it had good reviews, there were still you know some of the purest fans that were like, oh yeah, this is not as creepy as... Although it was I nasty, will, but it wasn't creepy. I'll, yeah, like I will, I will be the judge of that because there were some moments in there that that was like uh, that really make me uh, dookie my pants. Um, wow! But yeah, it it did have a more actiony feel to it in terms of combat and whatnot, and like the gameplay, of course, because it went to third person for the first time. And I think that might be the reason why people are not so hot on that aspect that it's more actiony and i there were some people that were making jokes online like okay so resident evil 7 feels more like a traditional resident evil with the whole horror aspect resident evil village harkens more to resident evil 4 so that means that the next resident evil that's going to come out is going to be more like resident evil 5 and then by resident evil 10 Am I saying that correctly? By Resident oh, Evil man. 10, it will be back to Resident Evil 6 standards. Oh, man. That would be awful. <laughs> Full action, none of the suspense. <laughs> I know a lot, a lot of people hate it. Resident Evil 6. Oh, man. That thing was just nothing than an elongated horde mode. Yeah. I didn't yeah. play it, so I only played the demo, and it was enough to say, like, mm, no. Yeah, I played the demo on Switch, and I was like, ooh, now I get why people do not like Resident Evil 6. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, still, though, good scores, uh, you know, that's not half bad. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think, like, people will enjoy it. 
in yeah it's if it's a bit more of an action game still people will like it yeah yeah at least for the if not for the game at least for the meme yeah a lot of people just want to be stepped on <laughs> uh but in, but instead of being stepped on there are also some people that are stepping out because uh, it was recently announced that the head of stadia has uh, left google yeah but I was confused because I thought the head of Stadia was Phil Harrison, but it's not Phil Harrison that left. No, it's not Phil Harrison that left. Um, ah, good grief, where's the article? For it's that? someone else that left. Yeah, it's someone else. Like the, hang on, let me look it up real quickly. So this person works it's for a VP and head of product. Yeah, the the head of program VP. He was with Google for a really long time too. His name is John Justice. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like guy. superhero. <laughs> they lost their superhero. I mean, yeah. the Stadia team lost its superhero. So yeah, that is uh, that is kind of a that's kind of a kick in the teeth for the Stadia team. But there is one silver lining. I'm so shocked about this. <laughs> there is one silver. I'm sorry. This is the funniest thing ever. So. You know how you use Google, right? And Google is this big search engine. It's the most popular search engine in the world, right? They made their money being a search engine. Stadia, until recently, did not have a search engine. So until, like, I think, uh, like a week ago, it didn't have a search engine. Now it has a search engine. I'm just baffled. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> Like how? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it's just so. Uh, Stadia was so not ready for prime time. I mean, we've said this like many times before, and we've we've had our past with Stadia, um, but we kind of let bygones be bygones because, as a piece of tech, as a piece of like very impressive streaming tech, it is very impressive. But the fact that they released it so early without any of its key features kind of set st game streaming back at least by five years. Oh, yeah. At least. Because Stadia is... I don't think... I don't think we're going to see Stadia around for long. I'm, I'd be surprised if it, get, if it makes the end of this year. I think it's going to stick around for at least another two years, but very, very minimal. Uh, yeah, I mean... Because they I started mean, doing, so like, Stadia integration into TV, so you don't invest into something like that if you're not going to do it for at least a year or two. I don't know. Maybe they're, they're expecting quick results on it, and if the results aren't there, they might just pull the plug on it all. I mean, eventually, it's just it's just costing them money, and if it's not bringing in enough money, then what's the use? I mean, they, they I think the only silver lining they had is that games like Cyberpunk ran great on Stadia, but that's it, basically. And yeah. I mean, in this normally in this world where GPUs are in a huge shortage and that everything is being sold twice or triple their value. This would be the moment for Stadia to shine because they would say, hey, you don't need to buy an overpriced GPU or a fancy computer. You can play everything on Stadia and it just works flawlessly. I mean, if they 
kind of use that in their advantage, I think their user base would have grown by a lot. But, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, no, apparently not. So <laughs> something else is going on, and I don't know what it is. And it's a shame because um, I was really excited when it initially got announced. People know that. And then it just got worse and worse. And it went from the Netflix of games to rent a PC and then buy your games. And then, yeah, they didn't make sense at all. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I mean, I've tried Stadia and I wasn't even impressed by it. So that's the, the bad thing. Uh, okay. But the tech still is amazing behind it. Yeah, Don't I mean, the fact that I can pull this that, off is but, good. But, but The fact that they were able to pull it off is amazing. Yeah, but like, if I played Destiny 2, and I'd rather play Destiny 2 on PS4 because it looks better there than it looked on Stadia, whereas Stadia is more powerful than my PS4. Yeah, technically. Yeah. So, I don't know. With Stadia, um, I I don't know. I just hope that like if people are leaving the studio or getting laid off, that they're able to land safely on their feet. So, uh, you know, I mean, I guess... They can always go work for Microsoft or NVIDIA or, or Sony because they're all into streaming. True. Uh, well, I do not have a good segue for this one. Yeah, Nintendo announces Game Studio. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have a good segue for this one. Um, you, you actually, you could have said, you know, who else lands good on their feet? You can become a game developer by playing Game Studio or something like that. I mean, it's there the segue. You just didn't use it. I guess, I guess. I I just couldn't come with up with something that quickly uh, this time. My apologies. My apologies to those that expect me to do good segues. Um, but Don't yeah. Linus. Don't call me Linus. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't watched any, have you, of Linus Tech Tips? Uh, I've watched a few of his videos. You there are, watch so, the there recent are certain things that I do not agree with them, but, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, game studio. So if you were one of the few people like me who bought one of the, uh, Labo kits, in my (laughs) case, the Labo VR kit, um, first of all, hi, you're not alone. Uh, second of all, uh, (laughs) you are are part of a few. (laughs) Yeah, we are part of a few, the few and the proud. Yeah, I would say that too. If I blew eighty bucks on a cardboard uh, thingy, hey, Labo VR was really awesome. It's still impressive that you could that they did what they did. I still don't that. understand why there's no Pokemon Snap integration. Instead Dude, of you're the, not the only one. Instead <laughs> of that, they have Instamax Mini whatever print your snaps on a Polaroids collaboration. Oh, well, that's a really great one. Well, to be fair, I, I think they were trying to tap into the whole blockbuster printing out stickers thing. So, yeah, so at least I don't know if they ever did that here in Europe because I've only ever heard the block, blockbuster deal. So, it, back in the day when Pokemon Snap came out back in, what was it, 1999? Something like that. Um, you could take your cartridge of Pokemon Snap, the. Um, the 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 pictures that you have saved on there of the Pokemon, you could have it printed out on sticker sheets, and then you can stick it everywhere you want, like on these like small sticker sheets. That's really um, cool. That was really cool. Yeah, but you know, Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore, and 
who brings their game cartridge to a game store anyway? So they made a deal with Inst- with these guys and it's for Fujifilm. The Fujifilm, and they have that. Well, that actually kind of makes sense. Um, and they also made a special case for it that looks like a Pikachu. Yep. But so, you can also use the normal one because the yeah. normal one I looked it up is like a hundred euros. Yeah. But the Pikachu one is of course more expensive. Yeah, like there's a bundle with and without the Pikachu case, and both just directly connect to your Switch, which is really cool, and you can just print it directly from there, um, or you can connect it to your smartphone and do it through there as well because you can transfer uh, stuff to your. Smartphone. I actually thought about buying one, not because of Pokemon Snap because I don't play that, but that would be actually a cool thing to have because. I don't know if you have like a really cool picture you take, you can just print it out and make like a mini book out of it or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that is a cool concept and it's kind of the Polaroid idea. For those that do not remember what Polaroid is one Polaroid actually still exists and they still make this product that I'm going to talk about is instant photos. <laughs> so when you take a picture, it um, it instantly prints out the photo. You you wait until the photo develops on it. Um, I think the newer models print quicker and it develops quicker, the, the, the picture. Uh, I don't know, honestly. And uh, yeah, I mean, they still, they're really fancy ones too, by the way. Like very fancy uh, um, devices. So Instax is kind of like that, but it's just a separate printer for photos. And you can connect it to your uh, your smart device, uh, and in this case also to your Switch, specifically for Pokemon Snap, or new Pokemon Snap. Jeez, I do not like that name. Uh, so, yeah, to, co- to bring it back to Game Studio and Labo. So um, you had this part in Labo called the Game Garage, where you can program your own mini games based on the Labo kit that you have. So for Labo VR, you could make games in VR um, or make games that make adva- that take advantage of the whole VR setup. I did a couple of them. Very simple games that I made, not groundbreaking or anything. But there are some people out there that made some really cool stuff. And the fun thing about... Um, the the garage the the game garage feature or now called um, game studio or if in the U.S. game studio garage is that it is a node based programming language so you have this node you have a few commands in it you have this other node that is the character or an uh, object in the game and you can drag stuff to it so you can drag an action to an object and that object can now perform that action or has a certain property attached to it. You can manipulate it with if uh, and or statements. Um, and look, from what I saw in the trailer, it looks really cool. I mean, it looks very familiar. And if people, and the, the, the big takeaway with Game Studio is that it is not teaching you a programming language as it is teaching you the fundamentals of programming. And basically anybody who understands that can use this. Uh, And it also teaches you how to program within Game Studio, which makes sense. So if you have like kids that want to learn it or you yourself want to learn at least the fundamentals of programming, you can use this. And the great thing is that because it's using this node-based system, some game engines are actually similar to this. Like, for example, Unreal Engine. 
uses me load phase kismet. kismet too right yeah. so kismet and uh, um unreal use node based um kismet uh, is part of unreal wait what do you mean There's oh a feature right, in yeah. unreal it's called kismet and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what it reminded me of yeah right wait so i'm yeah. talking about the same thing we're talking <laughs> about the same thing but like i'm specifically talking about the feature of, of yeah 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 so it it is very similar to that indeed um so i think if you're if you're able to work in kismet you'll easily be able to translate that knowledge to uh game studio and vice versa probably so yeah and they are adding a the one thing that was missing from labo with uh with the garage feature was you weren't able to share your creations at all online you still kind of can't but they are using a like a code system so when you've made your game you can generate a code for for the project that you made and then share that with friends why is this so I don't know. I don't know. Why is Nintendo's whole infrastructure you know so what the complicated? Real, you know what the real funny part is? No. Super Mario Maker did not have this issue. You just uploaded oh. it and it was available to, to 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 for everyone. If you wanted to to share it with your friends, you give the code to your friends. But if you just wanted to find a, a someone's creation, a random creation, it had that. They were themed even. You could uh, search on themes, short levels, long levels, crazy levels, wacky levels. You can search on what kind of levels it is. So I don't know why Game Studio doesn't have this. Which uh, I'm just mind blown here. I'm just yeah. I I mean at least I'm I'm grateful that at least you are able to share your your levels just not like this. It, you 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 could you know you can do better. So why are you suddenly taking this big step back? Oh, well. Don't be sorry. Be better. As Kratos yeah. would say. <laughs> True that. <laughs> uh, wish I could say the same for the people suing Sony. I think you'll always be sued when you're a big company. Yeah. Well, in this case, uh, they are suing. There are people in a clash action lawsuit. Um. For Sony restricting digital sales, which is kind of funny, because um, the the thing is that it was the 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 lawsuit was filed after the whole Sony not closing down the PlayStation Three and Vita stores. Um, but the uh, but the whole suit is that um, they filed a lawsuit because Sony no longer is allowing third party retailers to sell download codes. Uh, for PlayStation games, so uh, Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, stuff like that. There, you used to be able to buy game codes. So specifically, you can buy a digital copy of a game um, at retailers, and I they're think not. I still do that here. Yeah, but apparently not in the U.S. anymore. Where a class action, probably the only place that happened. Yep, because I honestly. I still, I don't think I've still ever seen a class action lawsuit in the Netherlands before. I don't know if we have that here. And I don't know if it even gets that far. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if our justice system knows something like a class action <laughs> Because they're like, yeah, it doesn't make sense, man. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, American listeners, but I mean... 
yeah it's just weird to us yeah. but probably because yeah, we don't fair. understand suing yeah. because we tripped over like uh, a piece of rock on the on the on the ground or something yeah i mean it, it the the lawsuit was just recently filed so that's all the information there is on that so i don't know um yeah i think that is about oh no wait sorry there is one more thing so remember how we talked about there's a new um the new judgment game they also announced something else about the main series yakuza yeah oh, um the yakuza series will remain a turn-based rpg series going forward really yeah so if you like like a dragon expect more of that stuff <laughs> i haven't played like a dragon yet but to be honest i do like the combat system that's in the old yakuza games yeah, I heard the combat system is pretty decent. Um, it is very Dragon Quest-like, but it's more about the aesthetics of the whole thing because the movesets are ridiculous and bonkers, like you would expect from a Yakuza game. Um, I mean, like, there's this one moment that you fight a bunch of grown-ass men in diapers. That's a thing that happens in that game. I know, it's a bit of a wacky game. <laughs> but yeah, so apparently that is a thing. They, um, I, I guess it was received very well. Um, so moving forward, at least until further notice, it's going to be a turn-based RPG series. Oh well. I mean, sometimes it's good to change things up. I also, I mean, I guess it makes sense, considering that um, the story of... Uh, uh, Kazuma Kiryu's over and his story was that of uh, you know of a Yakuza member who's a brawler and now we were following a different guy who thinks the whole world is a JRPG I know that you'll be happy with that I mean I still have to play like a dragon so but from what I've seen it looks really fun Um, it looks goofy and fun at, at, like all the games yeah and uh, Lost Judgment is coming out worldwide September 24th this year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else uh, on the list that we should talk about? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, crud. I closed one that I actually we, that I could, that I did kind of want to talk about. That was the uh, Microsoft one. The... The former 343. Uh... Oh, yeah. So uh, I think it was post on Reset Era that there was a developer at uh, 343 and he left. And he's now working at a different studio that does. He still works on uh, Halo Infinite, but now he's being he's like a contractor on Halo Infinite. Yeah. But apparently the the game is shaping up to be good and it's probably going to be a great game. But the issues that the game has is that crunch is, I think, either still a thing or has been a thing of the past. So the working conditions aren't the best. Um, the, the higher executives really wanted the game to be like a semi-open world game. Whereas I think when it was first announced, it was supposed to be an open world game. But because of this focus... A lot of things um, are being cut as well because they have, they have to scale down. Otherwise, they won't be able to bring out the game this year. Mm. And they were building the engine at the same time that they were building the game because Which of the overworld. Never a good idea. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they wanted it to be like an open world, they had to modify the engine. So um, a lot of, like the workflow wasn't optimal and a lot of stuff got left on the cutting board because um, they just don't have the time for it. Yeah, it's the reason why the demo looked the way it did. It's why we had gorgeous Greg, you know, the the the, the, the one screenshot of the... I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think... It, they will probably, when it comes out later this year, they will probably nail it because um, I think this holiday season is going to be really important for Microsoft since they're uh, they're behind and they might pretend to say that they don't care about sales, but everybody cares about sales. Yeah. Uh, so this holiday season is really important for them. Yeah. He also kind of made, um, he also kind of made his concerns that people might not, that people should not get their expectations too high because I think people's expectations are probably going really high right now, even despite the disastrous uh, demo. Um, so yeah, that I uh, think we'll see more of the game next month. I'm assuming, I'm assuming we will, um, just, you know, like I know how, how like the game community can be sometimes, just remember, folks, these are people like you and me that are working day and night uh, pretty much to bring us, like, amazing games. So if a game does not end up meeting your expectations, don't don't, don't go after them. Don't bash them. Don't try to dox them or anything. That's just, that's wrong. Like, just... From what I've don't. seen so far, 9 out of 10 times, it's not... The developers themselves that cause the game to be the way it is. It's upper it's, management. It's either upper management, executives, or somebody in a leadership position that decides that the ship will sail this course. And even though the developers say like, hey, but we're going to hit an iceberg if we head into this course. They're like, no, 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 no. We'll just miss it by an inch. Yeah. But I think people generally miss that that context. Uh, it's the same with CD Projekt Red, that a lot of people that worked on the Cyberpunk say, hey, this game is not going to be what people expect it to be. And then that upper management said, well, like, yeah, but we have to and blah, blah, blah. And through the magic of crunch, it will come together at the last moment, like with all big games and people will love it. And that and upper management still getting bonuses. Yeah, but like, I mean, the CEO of CD Projekt Red came out a while back with a video in which he said, don't blame them, blame us. I mean that's a good first step. Yeah, it's a good first step because he's getting millions of. Did you? Oh, yeah. I sorry, I did not find the article because I only found about it found out about it like a couple of days ago. But so apparently, CD Projekt Red did pretty well for their past fiscal year, and that means that everybody's getting a bonus. But the bonus is being split in a really weird way. So the employees are getting paid out like an X million amount of uh, dollars, essentially. Um, but it's being split over 800 people. And the bonuses for the executive is only being split amongst about six people. So nice. they're getting like tens of millions of dollars per person. Whereas um, the 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 lower you know the everyday person working there is getting at best maybe like a year's salary 
still good, but not I mean, bad still... if you look at the bigger picture. Exactly. You know, the the people that actually put put in the work, not seeing their family. But let's be honest. If if you talk about that, I think the I know CEO it's a general Activision. Thing, yeah. The CEO of Activision is the best yeah. example. I think. Activision made $1.2 billion last quarter just on microtransactions alone. So that's probably Call of Duty Warzone, Call of Duty Mobile. Yeah. I mean, like, if you make $1.2 billion just on microtransactions and the CEO gets a huge bonus for uh, a lot of money they turn around, and you also said that he gets a bonus if he managed to save costs, which means he has to kill jobs. Um that just shows what kind of company it is. Did you hear that he took a pay cut? Well, I really don't want to know. <laughs> so he apparently took a pay cut, um, but that doesn't if that doesn't influence um, the the money that he makes off of the stocks, and that's where he gets the most of his money from, anyways. So I think he took like a fifty percent or so pay cut for some reason. I don't. We, I, I didn't really get into the details of the article, but I still think it's ridiculous that he's still getting like a whole bunch of money um, despite that fact, you know. Tr I don't know if he did it to look good or whatever, but yeah, it's dumb. It's really dumb. Let's just move on. Um, I think that's it. Uh, so if everybody... Uh, collects themselves from shaking their fists to Bobby Kotick. Uh, we'll be right back with what we've been playing. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with the second segment, which is, of course, what we've been playing. So, Sean Templar, what have you been playing? Uh, I recently only started to play two games because I was uh, trying to figure out what to do and to kill time until a certain game came out. But um, I mentioned that Rome Total War Remastered was going to come out, and it came out last week. Uh, and the cool thing is, is if you own Rome Total War, the original, on Steam, you get a 50% discount uh, on the new remastered version. And I think they're doing this till June, so um, you still have time. Um, I was able to pick mine up and uh, I started playing it again. They've uh, overhauled the graphics and they've they've polished up the menus and there's some small improvements in the systems there. Um, it feels really familiar and I really, really like the game. Um, I play as the Julii faction, which is a Roman faction. Um, and I'm slowly trying to grow my Roman Empire. Um, it runs really smoothly on my PC. Uh, and I'm, I'm really happy to see that it, it can it runs in 4K. You can download an additional high texture uh, pack if you want for the game. Um, and it just really feels good to go back to that old Roman times. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the movie Gladiator. And when I play this game, I really feel like I'm, I'm in that time. Um, I'm fighting with the Gaul, which is a barbaric tribe, which is in the opening scene of Gladiator, by, by uh, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and based on which faction you choose, if you there are three Roman factions, for example, and there are also other factions like the Greek states and the Carthaginians. But if you pick one of the three Roman factions, they all have different areas they focus on. So, for example, the Julii, which are the red-colored faction, they focus more on the north, whereas 
think the blue faction, the Skippy Eye, focused more on the African side of the map. Um, so I'm basically fighting barbarians all the time. Um, and, it, and it's really nice because in, in this game, it all is around money. Whereas in, for example, uh, Three Kingdoms, you have uh, money, but you also have food that upkeeps your army. And in uh, Troy, there's even more resources. There's uh, bronze, there's gold, there's stone, there's wood. So in a way, it is nice to play a simpler Total War game again, because it just makes managing a lot of stuff simpler. Um, what I basically do is, is I build massive armies, and then I just pick a fight. And then I, I, I first, I either kill the enemy army or I bribe the enemy army based on what's easier. And then I take over another settlement and then I enslave the populace because then the population there gets distributed over all my cities so that they can grow um, all for the greatness of Rome, of course. Not that I'm a tyrant. <laughs> I'm just a very determined, method methodical ruler. Oh, no, uh, he's ruler. back. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I just try to do it as efficiently as possible. Um, but yeah, if you're a fan of these strategy games, I would definitely recommend it. It, it plays like a Rome Total War. It's just prettier, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, to be honest. Does it have the thing that we talked about in the last episode where you can switch between the old graphics and the new graphics, or is this just the new graphics? I, I think from what I've seen, it's only the new graphics. Because uh, you can still play the older version because you already have it, basically. But... Yeah, so here's the thing. When you told me about the whole discount thing, I was like, oh, let me see if I accidentally bought it in the past before because, you know, it's Steam. So, you know, Steam deals, blah, blah, blah. So I checked it and I did not have it. So I was like, you know what? Let me pick up at least the original one and then get the discount for the remake. They're very smart. It's not available anymore. Uh, you can only buy the remake. Oh, <laughs> now, now the whole discount thing makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, oh, that <laughs> sucks. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably get into a Steam sale sooner or later. Oh yeah, obviously. I, I, I I'm counting on it. Yeah, but, I uh, mean, it's yeah. I don't know yeah, if multiplayer is still in there. I haven't checked that. I, I'm assuming it is. Yeah, At least I hope it is. It would make really no sense if it didn't. Yeah, uh, but uh, like as I said, it's a game I would definitely recommend if you're into Total War games. Um, I mean, Creative Assembly has announced that they're working on Warhammer Two Three, I think. So there's not a really non-fantasy based um, war, uh, Total War game coming out anytime soon. So I'll probably keep my hands on this one, and uh, maybe I'm also thinking about going back to Three Kingdoms. The thing is, is I want to upgrade my GPU. I really want a new GPU because but that way I can hard. play the game in. Yeah, it's hard to get one or to find it for a normal price because I just want to play these games in higher fidelity. Because I mean, they already look pretty, but imagine playing them in 4K at ultra or in 60 FPS or whatever. Um, that would be even. I would have more fun from that even though my experience now is already enough. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, who knows what the future holds. Um, as for another game I've been playing, there's a game called Returnal, you might have heard of it, which mm -hmm. came out on the PlayStation 5 last week. Um, Wait, didn't we and talk been... about this last week? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I like the loop is a day, it's not a week. 
<laughs> but yeah, so so basically, in Returnal, you play a Selene who is an astronaut. You find a distress signal or a signal on a planet, and um, while you try to investigate the signal, you crash land on the planet, and then um, you're trying to get to the origin of the signal. And along the way, um, you find freaky bits out. You find audio logs of yourself that kind of surprise you. You're like, huh, what? But this is my first time here. And then you find a body in a spacesuit that you're also wearing. And then you're like, huh, what? And then you look on the helmet and it has your name. And that freaks you out. And eventually you'll die. And then um, you'll start your loop again. And that's basically how the game is. Um, the game is compared to a roguelike game. I would say kind of like a, uh, a roguelike slash a Souls game meets uh, Alien or Prometheus. It has that 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 really creepy vibe. Um, I mainly played with my headset on, and I have to say this is the first game that I'm playing that I'm really experiencing the 3D audio, and I'm really surprised by how well it works. It really immerses you in the, into the world because you hear all sorts of sounds around you in the world. You hear uh, the, the leaves, you hear small animals or insects or whatnot, you really feel immersed into this whole world. The game looks absolutely stunning. It is one of those games that, that really justifies having a PS5. Uh, it runs at a buttery, silky smooth 60 FPS, so that's really, really nice. Um, it's not native 4K. It, it upscales to 4K, but again, it still looks nice. It's running in Unreal Engine 4, which I didn't know or expect. Um, the particle effects are crazy beautiful um, and the combat is, is really satisfying you have a mechanic which is called adrenaline so the more enemies you kill the more you fill this meter it has five levels each level offers you like a perk so the first one is uh, a wider overload um, window and overload is basically an active reload which you have in Gears of War um, you don't have ammo you have unlimited ammo but your guns need to cool down and by doing a good overload, you cut down on reload time, basically. Um, the second adrenaline level would give you enhanced vision. The third would give you enhanced melee. The fourth would give you more um, currency. Like if you kill enemies, they drop like, I would say, gold nuggets. They look like that. Um, and they give you like better gold nuggets. And then the fifth level is, uh, or the fourth level is weapon proficiency. And the fifth level is the gold nugget. The more you use your weapons, the better you become proficient at it. You can find all sorts of weapons scattered throughout the world, and they have different levels. Um, but sometimes a higher level weapon isn't always better than your current weapon. Um, so that's also nice. And there's like a huge variety in in enemy design and in enemy types. And there are some freaky enemies in there. Um, so if you're a fan of horror games, I would definitely uh, recommend this. There were a few moments that I really was screaming because I just got surprised by shit that's happening. Um, there are not necessarily jump scares in it, but there are like these freaky moments that catch you out of the blue that make you uh, scream. I don't know, um, a bajillion bullets coming at you. That's pretty horrifying. Yeah, so there is this, um, there are bosses at the end of each level. And so what happens is, is if you die, the you return to your ship, but the, the levels get mixed up. So one walkthrough is never the same. The game just literally shuffles the areas. Um, and then 
there are if you beat the boss, there are shortcuts to skip out on the boss, so you don't have to face the boss all over again. But there's no saving or checkpoints in between, which a lot of people have some issues with because they're like, yeah, but I want I want the option to have it. And and the developer house marquee is like, yeah, but this is the way the game is intended to be played. So who knows? They might add a save system or a checkpoint system down the road. But for now, um, yeah, but it's not like, in there. Yeah, but I mean, modern roguelikes have checkpoint systems. I mean, Dead Cells has checkpoints, a very generous checkpoint system. Hades does not have that, for example. Really? Yeah, if you die with Hades, it's over. You just have to start all over again. So some things carry over, but not your progress of where you were in the level, for example. But, I mean, it it has its charms because once you've beaten the boss, and they're they're really difficult bosses. I've just finished the second boss, and they're really difficult to beat, which in a way rewards you when you defeat them. Um, but when you defeat the boss, you go to the next area. And if you die in the next area, there are shortcuts to get to the next area faster, but I tend to never use it because you also want to build your arsenal up. You, you have, for example, parasites, which are literally bugs that can leech onto you and they give you like a buff and a debuff at the same time. So, you know, you, you kind of want to make sure that you're kitted out properly. You want to make sure that you have a good weapon you want to make sure that you have some artifacts that give you extra benefits or consumables or you want uh, some parasites on you that help you with certain other areas um so even though you die and you can skip out on a lot of parts i often tend to just try to do a lot as i can in an area so i can kind of get my character up to a certain level um the cool thing is, is that every area has its own theme so the first area is this dark foresty uh, really Prometheus kind of kind of feeling, and then the second area is in a desert, and then the third area is an underground citadel, and then it has robots, for example, as enemies. Whereas the first two areas had creepy tentacle creatures, for example. Uh, yeah. So um, the only issues I'm having with the game so far is that I've had a couple of instances in which the game just crashed on me, where I was doing a run, and that yeah. really frustrates. Or that you walk into an area and the game bugs out and you can't walk out of the area. So I've in my last playthrough, I had, was, I had gotten along pretty far and then the game just bugged out on me and there's no way to fix that by, besides restarting your whole cycle, which means you have to start the whole level all over again. Ooh. Yeah, so that besides that, but that's like issues they'll patch later, hopefully. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would definitely recommend it if you are into challenging games or if you're looking for a game that really justifies you having this PS5. This is an absolutely gorgeous game. It really plays nice. But just be prepared that it will also freak you out and also frustrate you at some times because it's... I mean, this is probably what it feels to play a Souls game. I don't play Souls games, so maybe if I beat this game, I know that I can play a Souls game because, <laughs> you know... I've played a hard game, yay. I think um, the Souls game is more forgiving than that, though. Because that one has generous checkpoints. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, next week, Mass Effect is coming out. I don't think I'll be able to finish the game before Mass Effect comes out, but I honestly hope I can. Um, but otherwise, I will just be jumping into Mass Effect next week. All right. And that's basically what I've been playing. So what have you been playing? Well, Snap it I've, away. <laughs> I've been uh, 
I've still been playing a bit of Monster Hunter. The the, the like I said last time, the update uh, 2.0 came out, which was really sweet. Um, there's still a bunch of hunts that I have to do because now you can make a whole bunch of decorations now, so that you can make the build that you want. I still haven't figured out the build that I exactly want because I'm because I want to make. Uh, I I don't want to make a build. I want to make two builds. One centered around using the hunting horn, and one centered around using the switch axe. And I haven't figured out which uh, skills specifically I want to create um, so that I can uh, use that. It's also I also have to do like the new hunts. So like for example, the uh, the apex uh, monster quests, um, which previously were only accessible through the rampage uh, quests. Now there are certain monsters, uh, apex monsters that you can hunt in a quest outside of a rampage, which is actually pretty neat, which allows you to farm for more of the the equipment that you need to make more uh, decorations. So that's exciting. Yes, they that's... have loadouts. Yeah. yeah you like can you... like load, you can like save a certain loadout and then just work on another one and then re-equip hmm. them or unequip them. Yeah, like for example, I have one specifically for... Uh, harvesting uh, minerals. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one specific that, yeah. So that that one specifically for minerals. But if I put in a few decorations in some slots, um, it also allows me to harvest a lot of uh, plants. Okay. Uh, so like, if there's a mining outcrop, which means that there's a boom in minerals in a in a certain area. I can go there and then just harvest a whole bunch of either minerals that I can later sell so I can have a lot more money or uh, harvest, you know, like a bunch of plants so I can make healing items and stuff like that. Okay. And then, of course, I have the my main loadout, which is right now it's flexible. So I can use it with basically any weapons. But the very specific nature of this loadout is um, poison prevention. So not getting poisoned is really nice, especially if you're hunting stuff like Rathian and Rathalos and any other monsters that um, essentially poison you very easily. Uh, I do also want to make a loadout that makes it versatile to just slot a bunch of decorations in there and have it be whatever I need it to be at at that point in time. But like I said, I also want to make a specific loadout for uh, specializing in switch axe use, so making that weapon use a lot easier uh, and quicker, and uh, one for hunting horn that boosts the effects of the of the mu- of the music that I play, and then you know extending it and stuff like that. So that's Monster Hunter, um, but I've also, if you've noticed my Instagram, uh, I've been uh, going on an ecological expedition. <laughs> to the lentil region where I've been capturing Pokemon on film instead of in Pokeballs. And it's been very fun because, um, to be fair, I never grew up with Pokemon Snap like most people because I never owned an N64. Um, I've, I've, I've said this before in a, one of the earlier podcast episodes, but I've never owned an N64. I skipped that and went to PlayStation instead. But I did know that Pokemon Snap was a thing. Ah, funny. (laughs) Very funny, man. But PlayStation did not have Pokemon Snap, so I did miss out. 
Um, I did play it at friends' places, and I played it through emulators. And uh, later, it eventually came to virtual console, so I played it on there. And it is really fun, but the N64 controls aren't great. So I'm actually, it always amazes me how people were able to play Pokemon Snap. Because compared to new Pokemon Snap, they actually looked at what worked and what didn't, and they improved on it a lot. So the controls are way better. Um, One of the things that they changed is that in the old game, you had to zoom in on your subject before you could take a picture. You couldn't take a picture if the camera was zoomed out. Now you can do that. Um, The reticle for the camera is bound in this rectangle in the middle. So you can use that to move around. Um, You can move the switch or if you're playing in dock mode, uh, move your uh, your pro controller or your joy cons for some uh, motion control the motion controls are optional so if you don't want to use them you don't have to and if you don't want to accidentally trigger them you can turn it off entirely uh, although i have it switched on for like you know precision aiming that's that really fun yeah it works really well it's very intuitive especially if you're playing in handheld mode it's very intuitive which, again, brings us to the point of where's the Labo VR integration, Nintendo? Come on, Amco Bandai. I know you can do it. You guys have the talent. I was surprised this game is being developed by Namco Bandai. Yeah, N- Nintendo and Nam- at least Nintendo and Namco Bandai have a very good, um, very good uh, working uh, relationship. And don't forget, Namco Bandai did make Pokken Tournament. So... The fighting game. The Pokemon I'll fighting I'll tell you, game. I saw, I didn't know, this is like a side note, but I didn't know, but apparently there is a Super Mario turn-based RPG. Yeah, it's called the Mario and Luigi series. No, but like this one, at least the one I saw, I think is a really old one, because it looked like a Super Nintendo game. I saw oh, it you mean, the oh, you, oh, you mean Mario and the uh, Legend of the Seven Stars. Super Mario I, RPG, yeah. I, I yeah, that's, that's the first Super Mario RPG. That was co-developed with yeah. Square Enix. Yeah, at the time, like... Squaresoft, sorry. yeah. I saw that on a stream yesterday, and I was like, what? Is this like a fan-made game or something? No! I did not, didn't know it existed. <laughs> but it looked really know. cool. It felt like Final Fantasy, but with Mario. Yeah, because it was made by the Final Fantasy guys. I didn't know that until yesterday, <laughs> or until now, but like I was completely surprised. <laughs> ah. Oh, that is so precious. It's on the like the Super Nintendo. Wait, is it on the Super Nintendo Classic Mini? I think so, because otherwise, it- I know that it's at least on virtual console. So if you have like a Wii or Wii U somewhere lying around, you can download it there as well. So there's that. I think I think it might also be on the Super Nintendo Classic Mini. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, man, that was, uh, that was a big deal back in the day, man. Like the, they called it the dream team. Why didn't they it was, go back to that? Because that's around the time where Nintendo and Square had the falling out thing. Happened. Why did they have falling out? Because the PlayStation happened. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You didn't know? No. Oh, of course you didn't. I don't, she play, don't play RPGs. RPGs. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, a little, a little history, uh, a little history lesson here. So back in the day, Nintendo and SquareSoft. Uh, back then, it was still just SquareSoft. Best of friends, best of friends. 
Then yeah, Nintendo decided well, that. Not. Then Nintendo decided that they were gonna stick to um, cartridge formats because they had a falling out with Sony over the Nintendo PlayStation. And Which was their worst mistake ever. Yeah, true. Um, just like, <laughs> I'm not denying it. Jeez. I'm happy that you're not denying it because it's a fact. Yeah, wise guy. Um, <laughs> oh, I like this history lesson, all right. Uh-huh, yeah. So when that happened, they were like, well, we're using this base, and that gives you a lot of space to work on, right? But Nintendo were like, no, adamantly, we're going to stick to cartridge based because <laughs> we don't trust disc because those things are easily crackable. Which ended up really? being the case. Um, and also, they didn't want to deal with the load times, which also was true. Because the cartridge yeah. still gave you fast, faster loaded, loading times. But it didn't give you enough space to work with. And Square wanted to make big, bombastic JRPGs with a lot of fancy cutscenes, which would not fit on, a, uh, on an N64 cartridge. Which makes stuff like Resident Evil... On N64, all the more surprising. But it was a uh, Resident Evil on N64. Yeah, re- well, to be more specifically, Resident Evil Two. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like it's on N64 with cutscenes, and it's like, wow, how the heck did they do that? But um, that aside, so when that happened, they were like, okay, we're moving our Final Fantasy games to uh, PlayStation exclusively, and we're not dealing with Nintendo anymore. Um, that went on for about a whole generation until the GameCube. And then they mm. kind of made peace with each other. And that's why we have Final Fantasy, uh, Crystal Chronicles, and all those other weird spinoffs on Nintendo systems. And that's why it took forever for you know for the PlayStation Final Fantasies to finally come to Nintendo. So, yeah, that's kind of the brief history. But... Um, we still got amazing games on the N64, which I unfortunately missed out on personally outside of playing games at friends' place, like Snowboard Kids, Rep Snowboard Kids. I loved Gauntlet. And James Bond. Like, I never I played Gauntlet on the N64, but I heard that it's like a lot of fun because you can do, because of the four player simultaneous mm-hmm. thing. We always used to play it in co op with friends, and it was so fun. I was always the wizard. Ah, that actually. Does not surprise me. <laughs> like how? Really? I'm not even into magic. I don't know, but uh, s- spamming attacks. Eh, sounds Normally, like I always pick a barbarian, but uh, yeah. back then it was the wizard. So, yeah. So, at least uh, back to Pokemon Snap. <laughs> wow, what a tangent. <laughs> um, back to Pokemon Snap. New Pokemon Snap has, uh, like, I, like I said, is made by Namco Bandai. And... Um, if you've seen Pokken Tournament, you know how pretty that game is. And, yeah, it is really pretty. I started playing new Pokemon Snap in handheld mode and only recently started playing on my TV, mostly because I was working a lot. So I was playing on the go. And when I came home, I was really tired, so I was playing in bed. And the just on the Switch itself, it's very pretty. And then you put it in the dock and it's like... Why doesn't Pokemon Sword and Shield look this pretty? And it's like, really? yeah, like the Pokemon look really pretty. But to be fair, they don't like they don't have to um, adhere to 
making a bunch of Pokemon available. So there, there are more Pokemon than in the original Pokemon Snap because the original Pokemon Snap had like sixty something Pokemon, seventy something Pokemon. So not a lot, and that was out of 150. There's now over 900 Pokemon. Um, and I think the Pokemon count now is like 100 and something, like 100 and maybe 200 Pokemon in po- new Pokemon Snap. I haven't tallied it up yet. Um, I also haven't looked it up because I don't want spoilers. Uh, but yeah, I've been going through it so far. I've unlocked five levels now. Um, I know it's more than that. I No, sorry. I recently just unlocked the sixth level. So um, it's going well. Um, The fun thing to do, of course, is after you've taken pictures of the Pokemon, you have an editor in the game. So you can edit the the pictures after the fact. And that's what you've been seeing on my Instagram. Um, I've made some really fun edits. uh, and And the post that I made of it is... As I'm like the actual character that I'm my actual character in the game making a like a journal entry, and that's what I'm sharing <laughs> from that perspective is where I'm sharing it. But I'm having a lot of fun sharing it that way because I get to be a bit more creative with the posts. Um, but I usually just edit the photos beforehand and I don't have an idea for a story afterwards. So it's when I'm making the post is when I come up with the story behind this behind the the picture that I took. Because when you're in the moment, you're just taking a picture, the, at least the first time. After the first time, you're trying to get, like, that perfect shot. And I've seen some people post some shots on their Instagram that feel like nature photography, just, like, really perfect nature photography. And that's, I guess, the thing that I really like about this game the most. It is very, it is really, tra- it's a very tranquil, it can be stress, uh, stressful a bit. Especially if you're in a new region for the first time and you see a Pokemon that you really like. So, for example, um, when I unlocked the jungle nighttime scene, I um, I came across one of my favorite Pokemon, Leafeon, which is one of the evolutions that uses the um, the Leaf Stone. And as mo- most of you know, I am a big fan of grass-type Pokemon, and, of course, of the grass-starter Pokemon. So, you know, Grookey in the first level in the park, that got me super excited. But when I saw... I didn't know that Leafeon was going to be in the game. So when I saw Leafeon, I was like, oh my gosh, Leafeon, it's Leafeon, it's so cute and so pretty. And I was like, ah, I want to chase after it, but you're stuck on a rail. <laughs> so you're at the mercy of the of the rail, um, which is really a really nice engine. And... uh yeah, I've been taking pictures here and there, and I've been I've started posting it. I've been doing it semi regularly, and I want to post more shots. Um, I don't know how long I'll be able to do it, but I'll do it as far as long as I can. I have a lot of shots lined up, so I have more than enough material to share with people. Um, you can also share your shots online, and I thought you had you could share any shot that you wanted. But you can only share six at a time, max. So if you want to share another picture in-game, in the in-game community, you have to remove one of the pictures that you took and then put another picture there instead, which is is kind of a bummer. Um, 
the game also posts two shots that the professor likes. So I don't know what the criteria is for the game to like it enough to share it automatically. Um, but yeah, you can share uh, the, the pictures that you made, that you edited, and you can get um, likes on it in-game. So that's also really cool. That also kind of scratches the whole getting likes thing, except it's not like Instagram where, you know, you can see it happen really quickly um, because the discoverability is kind of crap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's so far, so far I had a lot of fun. Um, I uh, also watched uh, someone stream it. Um, it's also, also someone, uh, a, a friend of mine from Instagram called uh, Naomi Lasagna. Um, and she had a stream on, and I played it beforehand. And I saw, I'm not going to spoil it here. I mean, it's early game, so I kind of don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen it yet. Um, I might spoil it in the next episode. But there's a certain event that happens early on in the game that was, when it when I saw it happen, I was like, Oh wow, I did not expect this to happen and I was super excited because I knew that she was going to stream it later um like later in the week. So during the stream I was like, "Hey, um look out for this look out for a uh, a very interesting thing happening very early on in the game." And when it happened, she was so moved. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's the re- that's the reaction I was expecting because even I was moved, and I didn't grow up with the game like most people did. So, yeah. The, 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 yeah, Damco Bandai, Pokemon Company, you, you did good with this one. You did good <laughs> with this one. <laughs> Sorry. Very long rant and tangent about why Pokemon Snap is just a really fun and wholesome game. Um, that's basically the bottom line. It's a fun and wholesome game. Uh, you can, like, you know, like printing pictures aside, uh, you have social media now to share your posts through that. So, yeah, um, that's me. That's Pokemon Snap. I did play a little bit of Animal Crossing, but mostly just to check in. I didn't do anything specific, specific there. So, that was me. Happy days. With that, <laughs> I think we've <laughs> we've come to the end of another episode of Game Rivals. Um, thank you everybody for tuning in as always. Um, you can find us on your favorite podcasting platform, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, you name it, we're there. Um, you can find us on, on different social media outlets as well. We're on, uh, on, on Twitter, game underscore rivals underscore. Still have to get used to that Twitter handle. <laughs> um, you can email us, gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. Um, you can Reach out to Maximilian on Twitter at Maximilian. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Game Rivals. Uh, that's where I'll be mostly at. And uh, Maximilian at Maximilian underscore X, where you can find out, for example, that Pokemon uh, Snap uh, uh, he was just talking about. Uh, I saw this this crazy post about it. Really made me laugh. Uh, I don't know what what kind of Pokemon I saw there, but uh, it was a was, funny. One. Was it my recent one? Uh, yeah, I think the one you posted two days ago. I don't yeah, know that, what. Yeah, that's the Emolga that almost bumped into me. <laughs> yeah, it just looks so so wacky. <laughs> Made me laugh when I saw it. So, um, yeah, and um, I think that's that's mostly it. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Much it. Uh, on that note, I have been and always will be Sean Templer. 
And I have been and will always be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on the next one. Later. Later.